If you didn't know it was Eddie Murphy, you'd think it was just an old Jewish guy being stereotypically Jewish. Well, there's truth in all stereotypes. That's, let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, but if, if you watch that movie, if you watch Coming to America and those scenes, and you don't get that this is like the actor's vehicle to make... To, to, not making fun of Jews. They're not making fun of Jewish people. He was making fun of Jewish people. Well, he's but they're also making fun of black people. They're making fun of the black barber shop. You know, like yeah, the no, stupid but, arguments they have about Cassius yeah, Clay, well, Muhammad Ali, and again, their point that to your point, they're black. They can make fun of black stereotypes, but they're not Jewish. So, is it okay for them then to make fun of Jewish stereotypes? I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. Alright, so have you seen uh, have you seen uh, The Sexiest Man Alive in The Shrink Next Door on Apple Plus? Um, no, unfortunately I was not cast in that movie. Or that, yeah, it's, that series. Well, it's Paul Rudd Oh, that fucking on, guy beat me out for it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's based it's based on it's based on a true story, uh, mostly true story, um, about uh, a therapist, a psychotherapist played by Paul Rudd, who basically is the biggest shitbag in the world. Yeah, and Will Ferrell plays his patient who he fucks over. I mean, I don't know the the whole details because I've only watched the first episode. But one of the things that occurred to me was, um. And I did. I looked it up. Paul Rudd's Jewish, so he can play this very New York Jew. Yeah. However, Will Ferrell is not Jewish. Not Jewish, no. And no. he's playing the same Jewish guy. And well, uh, I yeah. saw that. I saw that on NPR. NPR had a headline: "A new question for an old religion: Should non-Jews play Jewish characters on screen?" And it occurred to me with, you know, lately it's like if you're not gay, you shouldn't play a gay character. And if you're not transgender, I mean, Scarlett Johansson got had a project canceled because she's not transgender. All this kind of stuff. It's obvious. I mean, anybody can tell you if you're not black, you you can't play like you're black unless you're Rachel Dolezal. And then you can unless they catch you and then you're fucked. If they play it as a like that's the character flaw, like the the. What's the Netflix film or the the movie about the uh, Tropic Tropic Thunder? Well, there's Tropic Thunder, but no, you and I were talking about this the other day on the phone. Um, uh, it's a film based off the tweets, like the 465 oh, tweets that were Zola. Yeah, 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 Zola. yeah. So there's that where it's like part of the character. Yeah, part of you the character. You can do it that way. But but the, the thing the thing is, and that was what I I, I was like, is is Will Ferrell? I mean, you know, it's like there's a whole bunch of examples. There's actually a lot more examples than I thought mm. of non-Jews playing Jews. Now, given that identity is is running rampant in every tribalistic uh, urge that we might have <laughs> publicly, right. um, it's it, I, I think it's interesting that one of the first and most enduring tribes. Or identities that you can, you know, say, and and you know, and arguably part of the reason that the Jewish uh, 
uh, identity the Jewish people have been so put upon is because they have so adamantly maintained their tribalism. You, you know, I mean, it's very, very, I mean, for the most part, very, very tight, very tight-knit and orthodox sometimes, that kind of thing. But yeah. here's the question. Is if I, because I'm Irish, if I get in a movie and I play David Himmel in the movie and I'm playing Jewish and I play you as Jewish, I do the Jewish New York kind of thing, is that now known as Jewface? Okay. So many you're things. Jewish. I figured I figured you, you you can give me some info because I I'm really at a loss for this because I don't really have well, any kind you're, of cultural you're, heritage. Yeah, I mean, because because you're a dumb drunk mix. So what would you know about being a Jew? See uh, and, and see that doesn't hurt me because while I say I'm Irish because I know <laughs> from my genetics that I am, I didn't grow up Irish. I grew up white trash Midwestern Arkansas. You know, I mean, that, that's like that sounds a little the, Irish to me, but okay. Well, yeah. it sounds a little Irish. Fair. Go American ahead. American Irish hear anyway. Your, your yeah, thoughts no, on I, Jew I, <laughs> <laughs> just so so many things to talk about here um first of all if you're playing david himmel as a new york jew you're not playing him right because david himmel is not a new york jew david himmel depending on the stage that you're playing him at is barely a jew at all there is the and there's the you know jewish identity of like i'm not religious you know i'm i'm jewish like that's like the joke that cultural Jews talk about if they're not religious, but they still do Passover because their parents do, or they do Hanukkah because that's what they grew up with, you know, which is sort of what I do. But I identify as a non-denominational recovering Jew. I, 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 I do the Jewish stuff because it's what my family does, because it's a sense of tradition, but like I'm not religious about it. Um... Will Ferrell, this is not the first time Will Ferrell has played a Jew. He, what was the movie he made? It was a Woody Allen film when Woody stopped casting himself as the main character. It was a terrible fucking film. But Will Ferrell played the oh, main really? character. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I didn't he, know that, yeah. He played the main character, and he played it as Woody Allen. So it was Will Ferrell doing Woody Allen. Which felt weird to me because Woody. Oh, I gotta see this movie. I Will Ferrell, six foot fucking eight. Yeah, Will that's Ferrell why I have to see this playing, movie. That sounds hysterical. Playing nebbish, neurotic. It just was like, uh, no, stick to impersonate Harry Carey, not the short, rapey, Jewish New York guy. Instead, see, I don't think he's rapey. I don't think he's rapey. I'm sorry. I'm well, rapey, rapish. I'm not. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. I do. I you. You know that. I think molesty. That is a terrible charge. No, I don't think he's molesty either. Inappropriate. I don't think he's inappropriate. You don't think it was inappropriate that he dated his partner's adopted daughter? Like, I mean, that's inappropriate. I don't think it's any more inappropriate that he dated his. Because she actually wasn't his adopted. Not daughter. his. Ado- his not, partner's adopted daughter. His partner's adopted daughter. Yeah. That's You know what? Here's the thing, man. What you do with your dick, what that's your business. It's not my business. It has, I mean, that's the thing. Is I don't know Woody Allen. He's not my friend. I don't know Sun Yi. I don't know fucking Mia Farrow. These people are not a part of my life. The only part of Woody Allen that matters to me is the movies that he makes. Because that is something he has made to share with me. The rest yeah. of it is his motherfucking business. He did nothing illegal. He was cleared in a court of law. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Anyway, 
don't do it. Uh, don't do it. No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Will Ferrell. I. <laughs> playing Jewface. Here's the thing about Jewface. I have Jew. I have Jewface. Big nose. Big nose. That's Jewface. Al Pacino played it, a, a Jewish. Uh, what was that? Hunters. Where he played the the Jewish guy, uh, like that was that was hunting Nazis. I mean, here's here's what right. okay, here's what it I, says here's what it says in the NPR piece, and this is mostly uh, Sarah Silverman, who is Jewish. Um, she says on what it game says on a se- yeah it says on a September episode of her podcast, she pointed out that what she sees as an irksome trend of non-Jews playing emphatically ethnic Jewish characters. The list includes Rachel Brosnahan, who stars in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Margot Martindale as Bella Abzug, Tracy Ullman as Betty Friedan in Mrs. America, uh, the actors who played uh, all the siblings in the HBO show Transparent, and the casting of Han uh, as now-canceled project about Joan Rivers, and on and on and on, she says. Rachel McAdams in Disobedience. It really is endless, and none of these actresses are doing anything wrong, but collectively, it's fucked up. And that is her perspective. And I'm wondering, because, granted, I'm, I'm not Jewish, and I'm not black, and I'm not uh, Amish. I'm not a Scientologist. I do not have any kind of thing that is an idea or a costume that I claim is my identity. So it doesn't matter to me, but that may be just me being a, a neutral dick. So I'm but, asking a Jewish yeah. man. Well, I used to be a Jewish man. Is, yeah. You know, if this is a, if this is an issue for you, or it, in it is not. It is not because <sighs> acting is playing pretend. In high school, when the kids auditioned for the, the role of uh, fucking Mrs. Hannigan in Annie, that kid, that 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, was not a 30-something-year-old woman who ran an orphanage. Yeah, but she was still an alcoholic. The kid, the kid was, was still, still an alcoholic, alcoholic which yeah, is what which is what helped her get the confirmed. part because she had that life exactly. experience. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if it's if it's done, fuck. I mean, this an is alcoholic is done. an identity, right? Yeah, isn't an alcoholic thing, like, an identity? It, yeah, especially alcoholic, when you're a recovering alcoholic, because then yeah, it becomes your identity. Lives, yeah, alcoholic lives matter. Is all I'm saying. Right. This is such a stupid conversation that we're having, and it's even dumber I, that we have to have it. We're not having it. No, we're I know. Having it. No, Other people are having it. I'm just yeah. bringing it up. And, here, and here's the reason why it's stupid, because acting is playing pretend. The, the game is to be something you're not. That's what acting is. So as long as it's done in the right way, and it's not done in like an offensive way, and you're playing true to that character... Yeah, you know, as long as it's not Mickey Rooney playing a stereotypical uh, Chinese dude in uh, Breakfast at right. Tiffany's. Right, like that. Right? That's kind of over the top. Not okay. Like, you look but back at that and you're like, oh, Jesus. What's the difference between that and, let's say, Robert or, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder? Two very different man. things. So Robert, Downey, Robert Downey Jr., the joke is he's a white man being a method actor playing a black guy and they talk about that in the film like they give him shit about it that's 
that's the running joke. So he's that that that's the character. Think, and you and you don't think that people that saw Breakfast in Tiffany's Breakfast at Tiffany's didn't know that was Mickey Rooney, a white guy playing a Chinese guy. Yeah, but he wasn't playing a white guy playing a Chinese guy. Robert Downey Jr. is playing a white guy playing a black guy in the film. That's the joke. Mickey Rooney is not like, oh, I'm a white guy who's trying to play a Japanese guy. Look at me. Isn't this a funny, weird character thing? No. He's... It's like a comedy. Yeah, it's not like They it's cast a him to do show. that to yeah. make fun of the, the Japanese stereotype. That's what, that's what that was. It was. It was to make fun of it. To make fun of Japanese okay, so, people. That's what so it was. So what, what, about, what about Eddie Murphy playing a Jewish, uh, like, barber? Like, nope. he plays an he old pl- man He plays, in, in he plays old man at the barbershop. Yeah. Totally yeah. fine. Totally fine. Why is that totally fine? Because he's making a joke. It's a joke about... The, he's playing a character that is true to that character. He's not making fun of old Jewish people. Okay, so then Lawrence Olivier playing... Othello in blackface is totally appropriate because he was not making fun of a black man. He was playing a Moor who happened to be black skinned and he wore blackface to do it. No, because context matters. Nuance matters. Well, well that's nuance. He's was Othello, playing, was he, that a comedy? Was he no, playing that, a character? Was he playing a comedic character doing an impersonation of a character no, that he's being he, honest and no, true to? He was not He was not being... In fact, if you watch that movie, he doesn't even use the dialect. He just is British. It's just Othello's British. The thing that's different is that there's so many references in that play because Othello is black. He's a Moor. Um, that he wore blackface to play the role. And, I mean, a, a college professor just got fired recently for, for showing the Laurence Olivier... Othello in class because it was Lawrence Olivier in blackface. I think if you got... So let's talk about the Eddie Murphy thing. In Coming to America, that the, the barbershop scenes are... Eddie Murphy is playing three characters he in plays, those scenes? He plays five... He, well, he in those scenes, he plays five the, characters in the movie. In the, I'm not talking but about the movie, scenes, just that scene. So he, he plays three yeah. different characters in those scenes... Uh, Arsenio Hall plays two because he plays him, his character like Sammy, yeah. and then like one of the barbers is always eating fucking chicken wings, whatever the hell he's eating. Yeah, yeah. Part of part of that gag is here are these two actors that do characters. We like we love Eddie Murphy because he does characters. That's why he has this movie. That's what this movie is. It's an opportunity. For, it's a vehicle for him and Arsenio. To play characters. Yeah, but you know, he's got so much makeup on his face that if you didn't doesn't know, matter. if you just walked in, if you didn't know it was Eddie Murphy, you'd think it was just an old Jewish guy being stereotypically Jewish. Well, there's truth in all stereotypes. That's, let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, but if, if you watch that movie, if you watch Coming to America and those scenes and you don't get that this is like the actor's vehicle to make... To, to, not making fun of Jews. They're not making fun of Jewish people. He was making fun of Jewish people. Well, he's ma- but they're also making fun of black people. They're making fun of the black barber shop. You know, like yeah, the no, stupid but, arguments they have about Cassius yeah, Clay, well, Muhammad Ali, and again, their point that to your point, they're black. They can make fun of black stereotypes, but they're not Jewish. So, is it okay for them then to make fun of Jewish stereotypes? 
in that yeah yes so then it's okay for anybody to play any ethnicity so i could play well because i think David he's doing Kimmel, it with the respect. jewish guy or sure. or i could play or i could play gpa a black man in a biopic about him no i and think that's, that's totally good uh, fuck i'm just asking i'm not yeah, really trying to be a no 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 is is Lawrence Olivier and i've not seen Othello but oh, is, is the makeup is it is it blackface like like oh, Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn, where no, 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 no. He's his all of his skin is painted darker. It's a black. The movie's in black and white, so it's not like you see what shade of black he's wearing. But he's because blackface is like a style yeah, of yeah. It's you know yeah. It's minstrel style. That's yeah. But that's yeah. not what we're talking about anymore today. You know that in these days. In our new environment, anybody that, I mean, you know, there have been, there've been models that have been accused of doing blackface because they overly tan. So I'm, yeah. I, mean, it, it, yeah. I understand the minstrel, but the minstrel thing, nobody's doing that unless you're a college kid at like Yale for a Halloween party and then, un, right. you know, and you think it's really funny. But nobody's doing that kind of blackface unless it's in costume and they're trying to make a point or they're just stupid as a dog. Um on the other hand, blackface when it comes to Hollywood, that's a much more. I mean, what was uh, Lin Lin Manuel Milkthroat? Uh, yeah, that guy. Uh, you know, he uh, what was it? Into the Heights, and he does Into the Heights, and he gets criticized because he doesn't have uh, Afro Latino or Afro Latinx or whatever that yeah. were dark skinned enough. They weren't dark. There were no dark skinned well, Afro Latinos. That's looking for a fight. I don't, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But I also, right? I, I can't get I into wrong? that. Cause I know fuck all about that movie. Cause it looked like something I would hate. Well, I would, I yeah, can't, I, I, I could not I give a shit less it. about it. I couldn't watch I, Hamilton again. So I, I mean, like I, what's, I and I'm, I'm admitting maybe embarrassingly that I, I also know fuck all about Othello is Othello. A story about black people, or does Othello just happen? To, like, why is Othello he's the black? Only, because he's a Moorish prince. The Moors were black skinned. Okay, that's, I mean, that's what the Moors are, and it is. It's a story of betrayal. He's married to a white woman. His mm. best friend Iago is a white guy who fucks him over, and it's all about him being jealous, him being ostracized, him not fitting into the court that he happens to be running. Um, I mean, it's this is. I mean, it's a Shakespearean tragedy, dude. I can't believe you don't know the. I don't think. I, I, unbelievable, you don't know anything about Othello. No, I don't. I don't but, read. I don't read things by English writers. I don't. I don't like okay, their. I don't fair. like their language. I hate them. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, that was the thing. Is and and at the time, I mean, Lawrence Olivier at the time was considered America. Or no, he was considered the, the world's, world's greatest yeah. living. Yeah, the world's greatest living actor. And more, more importantly, the greatest Shakespearean actor. So at the time, if you're going to get somebody to play the lead in a Shakespeare play, it's going to be Laurence Olivier, and it just happens that the lead well, character okay. in Othello is yeah. black, and so he black-faced himself up. And that's here's the how he problem with, with with comparing Laurence Olivier to Will Ferrell. It's a time. It's a, a time and a place thing. Could they have cast, should they have cast a black actor to play that, to play Othello? Was there an yeah, actor out there? Lawrence, not but, as good as Lawrence Olivier. Well, but they also weren't casting black actors then, were they? 
Like they weren't making black people films. They made black people films. Who's I mean, a, who's a, a black lot. actor in what year certainly, was that movie made? Certainly not a lot of What black year was that films, movie made? They just they weren't be, you know. Hold on, I'll look it up. I, I actually don't know. I've seen it. Othello. Because could Will Ferrell play this character? This Marty Makowitz or Makowitz, whatever hell the character's name is. Part of the reason he was cast is because he and Paul Rudd have this chemistry. It's nineteen sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five was. Uh, yeah, they should have. And hold on, it was nineteen sixty-five, and I'm looking something up to see because I like this is what is wonderful about the internet. All right. Oh, what the fuck! I just had it. That was a great. What the fuck? There it is. All right, so were they making films with black characters in them? Um, well, of course they were making films with black characters, but... Nothing But a Man, uh, Porgy and Bess was 1959, Raisin in the mm-hmm. Sun was 1961, Black Orpheus was 1959, Shaft was 1971, um, Imitation of Life was 1959. They probably should have cast uh, a black actor. Come on. I mean, it, it's Carmen Jones. Oh, Carmen Jones is such a great fucking. That's such a. But that's great, such an oh obvious God, thing. I like forgot about your that skin one. color. Is Harry Belafonte, an... Dorothy Daniels, yeah. Pearl Bailey, Olga James. That goddamn, that was great. But where I mean, the, the I, I skin guess, color. The I skin guess, color is such an obvious thing. Arg- Playing arguably, a Jew. they could have cast a black actor, but there's probably not that many black film actors that did Shakespeare, and nobody was as good as Laurence Olivier. So uh, sure, but I'm sure they could know. have found a black actor and given that guy his big break, and that would have been that. Because, there, but there's a difference between playing a visual thing, you yeah. know, like a black, like Othello's black, black. You walk in a room, oh, that's a black guy. You walk in. If I walk in, I've been accused of being Italian. You know, like people don't know when I walk in a room that I'm a Jew. Some might make a guess, but it's, it's a guess. Yeah, it's a guess. Maybe I'm Greek. It's maybe micro- I'm Italian. Maybe, you know. And that's a, and that, maybe and I just that's a have an unfortunate nose. I, that's, you that's, know. that's a microaggression. Now, but the thing is, just so you know, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think white people should play black characters. I, I mean, and, and not, not for any other reason than that, you know, there are plenty of, of, of black actors that can yeah, and fulfill the role. You know, I like, think, did I, did think I get it, pissed that, that Scarlett Johansson was didn't get to play the trans role? No, look, there are plenty of trans actors. Let them play the exactly. Let them play it. As, Do it. You know. As far as I'm concerned, if they're as good, if they if they can if they can make the grade and they're as good as they can be, and they're not like a CW actor, you know, bullshit. But it's also like, why did why did we that. cast on you know Gwyneth Paltrow as a British person on, in? But but David, on the other hand, and that's the thing about the whole Jewish thing is. Jewish is just as tribal as being black. I mean, it's to say that it's not that Jewish is just another form of white. No, it's is not some bullshit. It's not. It's some bullshit. It's no, not. I'm sorry. It's Hold not on what. a fucking second. Look, buddy, I'm gonna stop you right there. Don't fucking tell me that being Jewish is something you can't escape. A black person cannot escape being black. I can escape being a Jew. 
And I've done a pretty fucking oh, no. good job of well, that. David, but so, David, David, it's, it's, but David, I back it up because I will say it's not quite that simple because there are <laughs> there are multiple versions of what being black is, and if you're black Jamaican, you are not treated or have the same life experience as someone that grew up in Compton black. That's a different kind of black. So can you escape? black from a from a sort of an oppressed poverty stricken black thing sure change your accent that's it change your accent but my point is uh. jewish jewish is a tribe i can't believe i'm defending the jews but it's a tribe just like any other <laughs> jesus christ and I know it makes me feel kind of weird that you're the Jewish guy and I'm defending the Jews, uh, but there are plenty to go to your point. There are plenty of Jewish actors that could play these characters in the shrink next door, but sure. they cast Will Ferrell, but there's plenty of Jewish actors that yeah. could have stepped in and played this character, but they decided that it was okay in a society that says it's no longer okay to play against your type, your tribe. That, that it's okay if so Jews are like the last or, or I guess yeah. Italian or Irish or you know it's like whatever I, I think it was interesting uh, speaking of fads because I actually think this whole cultural appropriation is a fad I do think we're going to get past it and kind of calm down a little bit not that I think you know we're going to go back to breakfast at Tiffany's but I think <laughs> things will you know I don't think that's, right. I don't think that's where we're headed right, right, I think right. we'll calm down but the other late, latest fad I was thinking about this uh Especially, I, I read a, a piece in the Atlantic that is like Kyle Rittenhouse is not a hero. Yeah, I read and that, that got too. Me thinking, yeah. yeah, it was good. You know, decent piece. Um, I, I've been thinking about the whole concept of heroes because, and I'm writing a piece that might go up before this Apecast comes out. It's that, that posits that you're right. Kyle Rittenhouse is not a hero, but neither is George Floyd. Okay. And, you know, and, yeah. But George George Floyd has a statue now. So my point is. The fad lately has been the takedown of heroes of the past. Let's fuck all over Winston Churchill. Let's shit all over Thomas Jefferson. Because they were flawed human beings. They made some mistakes. And some were pretty egregious mistakes. But the fact is, they were heroes. Now they're taken down. Now here's my question. Who are today's heroes? Or even in our lifetime? And could they survive the same scrutiny? Well, I mean, let's, let's look at Kyle Rittenhouse and... George Floyd. George Floyd is not a hero. George Floyd is unfortunately a, a symbol. He's a victim. In the way that well, Rodney King was. Because become, is it? that, that yeah. victim, what happened to them, Rodney King, George Floyd, yeah, Brianna Taylor, yeah. all of, like, George Floyd represents, I think, all of them. It, he was the, the to quote he's the, the great Malcolm point. Gladwell that bores me to fucking tears. Yeah, He's the tipping point in, so he's become You're wrong that symbol. About Mac, you're wrong yeah, about Malcolm Gladwell. He's whatever. A, he's a great writer and very interesting. Uh, he's a decent writer and very obvious and boring. Um, the, you know, that's not fair because you know he's black. Oh, so I can't criticize him? No. Not in this day and age, you can't. Great. But I'm a Jew, so I'm... What, fuck off. I, God damn it. <laughs> like, I just, why is being awake in today's culture so fucking exhausting? <laughs> like, right? Just, no shit. Now, who are the heroes? Who are the no, heroes I, today? Who yeah. Are, I, I'm trying. Well, I no, think that no, Dave, let's, let's, about... let's look at Dave Chappelle for a second. Because Dave Chappelle is going through <laughs> okay. this process of let's bring him down. And they can't seem to chop him down. He's but like. You think he's a his hero? High sc- I think that Dave Chappelle, with Chappelle's show, what that show did, it was like. 
wow, he's running his own shit. Look at this. this Because Comedy Central was pretty fucking white for a long time. And Dave Chappelle came so, and like so brought like a blackness to it. And how do you when define, he walked away. How do you define hero? That's, I, I, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Hero, I... I'm going to read this. God, real quick. I feel like this I just walked into another Don Hall conversation trap because I, hero is a word that no, gets I mean, thrown around way too easily. No, no. The, the thing about it is, and, and I don't have an answer. It's not like I have a, a, a dog to, in this fight. I'm just interested. I yeah. legitimately am interested. I read this and I thought this is actually, I quote this in my piece. This is Daniel Lilford, who's actually a, a Welsh actor, which I think is hysterical. But he had a great quote. He said, A hero is someone who gives of himself often putting his own life at great risk for the greater good of others. However, such as in war situations, what is good for others will always divide opinion into opposing camps. Outside of the standard dashing war portraits of men and women facing the gates of hell, the most heroic are often the most ordinary of people doing ordinary things for a greater humane purpose, think Mother Teresa or Gandhi. The word hero is far too often applied these days without much thought. Like the media's overuse of the word closure, its meaning has become muddied and not as it was meant to be an extraordinary example of human achievement that makes the rest of us gasp and wonder or question the validity of honor. And so one of the things that I've been kind of struggling with is, and I agree with him, I think we use the word hero far too easily because while I think Dave Chappelle is a genius and a groundbreaker i would i would i would not say he was a hero i i don't think he did anything heroic no but i i could see how somebody could look at him and be like that's somebody i aspire to be like i admire his approach that is hero so, he is my hero in that in that so, well, watered I, I, down version a, of yeah definition I think of he's hero an inspira- i think he's an inspiration no question about yeah. it but i don't think yeah. a hero i mean it's one of the things i wrote no i mean we're, we're talking we're, we're 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 talking semantics here we're yeah. talking about we're, we're in we're talking about the evolution of the phrase of the word hero as it's evolving which is hard because i agree is dave Chappelle yeah. dictionary definition hero no did he put himself at risk is is he running up the stairs of of world trade center tower one you know the north tower as it's burning to fucking death no he's making jokes about the Ku Klux Klan. You know, like, not the, yeah. not, so, not a heroic so, thing. So in but, terms of heroic things, who are who? I can't I, think of too many people I, who I would say are heroes. Because celebrity doesn't make you a hero. Financially successful doesn't... Okay, it's not a list I got one. Of hero. I got one. Okay, bring it. Yes, I got you. one. This is not a good example, but it's the best I can think of on the fly here. Pat Tillman. When 9-11 happened, Pat Tillman was a, 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 a football player. He played for the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know. He played for a, a team, right? <laughs> and he quit. Sure. He walked away from the NFL from a, from a great job to go and fucking fight for our freedom. Our, you know, Because he, he felt that, like, we need to go fucking stop these motherfuckers from flying planes and in our buildings, right? Well, yeah, he because the military? He, because he put himself at risk, and then the motherfucker died by friendly fire because some, you know, because war is fucking oh, ugly that's right, and stupid. That's right. So he he went. He he did put himself at risk for the greater good. That idea of we defend our freedom, you know, and we can make the argument about whether war is defending our freedom and do our soul. Well, that, yeah, that's I not mean, the issue. That's the thing, is but it, arguably, yeah, by the dictionary definition, he put himself at risk for the greater he, good of others. 
Of, of others, yeah. Yeah, I'd give you that. Could we then look at Pat Tillman? Yeah. And Pat Tillman has been lauded for 20-something years, however long it's been now. And I think rightfully so. And there's a lot of organizations that, that bear his name and, and you know do really great things for veterans. Um, could we tear Pat Tillman down? Arguably, yes. And here's how I will do that. He participated in the NFL, which supports violence. It hires and, and, and brushes under the rug their players beating their wives, you know, drug abuse, the, the whole concussion thing, the CTE, the covering up of that. The NFL is a disgusting place, and Pat Tillman participated in that. So Pat Tillman needs to go away. Even though he's a hero so, who defended, so you can who, make that argument. It's fucking stupid. I'm not actually making well, that argument. A lot of, well, I'll be honest with you. I think I think let's tear down statues of Thomas Jefferson because he owns slaves is a stupid argument too. The man created the document that 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 catapulted the greatest mm-hmm. example of a democratic experiment in the history of the yeah. Western world, and so. Use that and he as, owns slaves. Like Thomas but, Jefferson, but, I, I don't want to say like his, you know, him writing the Declaration of Independence did more good than his owning slaves and sleeping with his slaves and whatever else did no, harm. Because I don't want to make that argument. Back up. No, I am going to make that argument because him writing the Declaration of Independence has affected literally in 240 years billions of people. In a positive way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. him yeah. owning slaves, yeah. ostensibly probably affected fifty. Now it was shitty. Let's say they, hundreds. It was a really let's horrible. say hundreds all because right. generational. Well, just, but yes. All right. So yeah. all right, hundreds versus billions. Sure. You know what? The balance sheet really goes off to hero and not not villain. I mean, it just the, that's and, the balance sheet. And like, okay, so here's Thomas Jefferson, who a founding father of the United States of America, pretty big fucking deal. Yeah. And by the way, guys, yeah, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. He, he also owns slaves. And here's why that's fucked up. And here's part of that story, too. Like, it's part of his story. And it's that good, yeah, therein lies the complicated yeah. history and birth of the United States of America. It's a fucked up story. It's a fucked up origin story that is anchored in bloodshed and racism and all these horrible things. All but kinds of stuff. Let's talk about it. Yeah, because it's yeah. also while, like out of and, it came and some we, good things, and you know. And while we talk about it, and while we talk about it, because that thing is, I, I, I think that teaching American students about about that dark, the, the the dark history of slavery is absolutely essential. But I should, I think, it should encapsulate the complete history of global slavery in all time periods, because there have been. The Jews, in specific, that have been enslaved, been enslaved for thousands of years, not just four hundred, um, and so that way kids well, will understand thousands that the, of years the, by biblical times. I mean, Moses lived to be nine hundred years old, like with, without right. without proper probably healthcare, a lot longer, on, probably off. a but, lot yeah. longer, probably <laughs> probably a lot longer than American slavery. Let's put it this. But my point is, students should understand that the practice of slavery is noxious, not just something that happened to black people in North America 400 years ago. Yeah, we don't we do not have the exclusive rights to slavery here in America. Yeah, no, not even no. we're not even close. We're no. not even fucking right. close. And so if you want to if you cuz ultimately if you look at how we've progressed as a planet, there's very few countries like 
two in the planet <laughs> that now that have any yeah. kind of legalized slavery. So we're doing pretty well because before, I mean, let's go back a thousand years, all countries had legalized slavery. So yeah. we're doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, we're doing all right. So I see this is my this is why I asked you the question about the heroes is because I literally can't think of a single hero um, that couldn't easily. I mean, like re- like you did the Pat Dillon, like really easily torn down. And if there was a statue erected from anybody, I mean, name name anyone that you would consider a hero in the last five years or 10 years or even 20 years. Is there anybody you could do it with Barack Obama? You certainly couldn't do it Fuck with Bill him. Clinton. I'm just saying, you yeah. couldn't do it with Bill Clinton. You no. can't do it with Ronald Reagan. You know, I mean... I think, I mean, you could make the argument about um, uh, John McCain, arguably. You know, no, he, are you kidding me? That guy put himself at risk going to Sarah war. Sarah Palin. Done. Sarah Palin. Anti-Islamophobic. Yes. Okay. So, but here's a rightful way of bringing down John McCain. Like John McCain, Sarah Palin is the the beginning of the Donald Trump years. That kind of like, I'm an idiot, but I speak it like it's true. And you know, th- she was the beginning of that. And that is yeah. John McCain's fault. That is his people's fault for not taking uh, proper actually, fucking precautions actually, with a moron. I would argue. I would argue Dan Quayle was maybe the beginning of that. But anyway, fucking Dan Quayle was an idiot, but he was harmless. Yeah, he but was, he was he still was just an stupid. He, well, he, well, okay. So the the whole point is, I'm Ronald stupid Reagan was I am, stupid. I mean, like, no, Ronald Reagan wasn't stupid. He, he was, was actually stupid. very savvy. Nah, he was no, clever. He was very savvy. He was clever. He was good on his feet. He was good at improv. He took a couple fucking comedy sports classes from he, Don Hall, and he's, he's liber. Hey, you know, hey, he he, he did a movie <laughs> hey, with a, hey. he did movies with monkeys. And the monkey did not upstage him, so that's you got to give him some credit for that. You <laughs> that was, give him a little and that was the that. only. That was the first and last. T- no, I'm not going to say it. Nope. <laughs> say it. Say it. Go for it. That was the only time. I'm, I'm trying to think of like another hero that no, we could no, bring down today. I, I, you had a joke. You had a joke. Bring the joke. I don't know. I'm not a funny person. I don't have jokes. I don't do comedy you were gonna, well. It was going to be racist, wasn't it? It was going to be racist. It was going to be about the monkey, wasn't it? No. You were going to do something racist about the monkey, weren't you? I can see it. <laughs> I can see it on your face. It didn't connect right to... The point was to make fun of Ronald Reagan's racism, which was obvious. It it, it wouldn't translate well. It would not. It would not. Have, all right, let's move on then. Uh, th- maybe think about it because this is the the last thing I wanted to talk about today that I thought was interesting is that Miramax right now is suing Quentin Tarantino. Miramax? Suing How is Quentin- Miramax still a thing? What the fuck? Miramax yeah, being a Harley da- Harley Davidson. What the fuck? Harley? Yeah, it's a Harley Davidson. No, a Harley David Miramax or Harley Davidson production wine, company. Wine, Harvey Weinstein. Wine, Weinstein. Yeah. How I thought that yeah, Miramax was gone. Like that they no, bankrupt and no, no. the whole. No, no, they're still around. Um, they don't make movies anymore, as far as I but they're suing Quentin Tarantino. What the fuck do they do? Claimed, he Quentin decided he was going to sell Pulp Fiction non fungible tokens. The fuck does that even mean? 
Okay, non-fungible token is basically a, dig a digital piece of art that you pay for and you own, even though people can make copies of it over and over and over. A digital piece of art. So if I draw, if I make a meme, that's a digital piece of art. Well, it depends. See, that's the thing that I'm, it's a little funky because the th here's my question, because it's the thing. So I'm looking at cryptocurrency and I'm looking at NFTs and these are strictly digital forms of commerce. God. But NFTs basically is, is, is like, hey, I, like, like here, I'll give you an example. This is in the Tarantino article. I got to, because I, like I said, the whole NFT thing is it kind of annoying. Well, I just, it kind of escapes me a little bit, but uh, the content he was going to sell as NFTs was uh, the first handwritten scripts of Pulp Fiction and commentary for Mr. Tino, Tarantino revealing secrets about the film and its creator. Um, you know, this kind of shit. He basically was annual crypto art event, uh, and it's blockchain-based collectibles. That's what these NFTs are. What? And uh, Dana Dana prefers to call them no fun titties, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but basically, okay. this is and yep. what it what it remind the whole thing reminds me of, and, and the cryptocurrency as well, because cryptocurrency is only telling you it's like the only people that tell you how much it's worth are the people that buy it and tell you how much it's worth. So the whole thing feels a little bit like. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but I've told you about the the documentary. My kid could paint that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's sort of like it's sort of like here's this. Even if you, I mean, you find out that the dad's actually painting them, painting them. But this five year old kid t painting these abstract pieces of art that are being sold for twenty and thirty thousand dollars. And the thing that's amazing to me is. That they just that the art world just sets the price and people just pay it because of the status. Now mm -hmm. my question is if there isn't actually a there there. I mean cryptocurrency is literally it's in a it's in a cyber farm. It doesn't even exist. There's no real to it. NFTs like he could these things. All right, so Tarantino, I decide I'm going to spend three million dollars and I'm going to buy this handwritten script picture, this digital handwritten script of Pulp Fiction with a revealing secret from Tarantino. If I take it and I like copy it and put it on the internet, anybody can have it. But I'm the only one that had to pay three million dollars for it. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck's going to buy it back from me when they? You know what I mean? I just it's like it's like okay, it's the difference between like having an original dolly and a a, a print of a dolly. Yeah. Like the original is worth more, but why? And 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 I think it's all this just sort of like this phantom money. But I don't understand it. Money so that's is my phantom. Question is, money is all bullshit. But the fu so tell me tell me your thoughts on this shit cuz I'm just mystified the whole, by the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing with with cryptocurrency and NFTs it, as I understand, and I'm not a I'm not a money guy, and I get into fights with my wife and my brother about this all the time, because okay. I think it's all fucking ones and zeros. We make it up. Look, when the pandemic happened, America was like, "Who needs money? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Just fucking make money. Just throw it's it's all bullshit." I signed a fucking check to. I signed a piece of paper that said, "I spent sixty nine dollars on dinner," and this signature says, "I will pay you sixty nine dollars." I'm in a hotel right now. I'm I'm traveling for work. I didn't even fucking swipe my credit card. They just have I'm my room number. 
the credit card on fire. Like, there's no transaction, tangible transaction happening. It's not. So did you pelts, have a waiter? It's not. Did you have a waiter or waitress? I had a server, Don. You fucking uh, gender hateful okay. son of a bitch. Yeah. So 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 when yeah. you, so when you had your server and yeah. you got your bill, did you go sixty <laughs> nine? Uh, obviously. Okay, I just want to make sure yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, you think I'm going to miss an opportunity like that? Come on. Come on. So, but the idea of, of money, like, or, or the cryptocurrency, rather, this idea began like, oh, it's unregulated. It's what we say it is. So, you know, <laughs> one Bitcoin buys you a pen. Two Bitcoins buys you a better pen and a thing of Aquaphor. You know, like, and the, the people agree that that's what the value is. How is that any different than what we all agree is the value of it? A, a dollar gets you this, $20 gets you this, 50 gets you this. The difference is that, well, the dollar, the you know, money is a some kind of federal or global, you know, the, the World Bank. Like, we all agree that the dollar is worth this much. But with cryptocurrency, only some of us agree it's this much. It's the internet. That's no different than actual money. So their whole thing is bullshit because at some point, everybody has to agree that this cryptocurrency, this, this unit of cryptocurrency is worth the same. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing, I want to thank my good friend John Beardmore for this. It is a watch. Go to YouTube and Google orcs with normal voices. I... <laughs> do not like the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Don't like any I, shit movies. Terrible why movies. Don't, why don't you like the Lord of the Rings, man? They're long and boring and unf they're just unfun. But but oh man, I think they're a blast. Okay, all right. So but I love if them. if if the movie had the orcs talking with normal voices, I would watch that. They could be 20 hours long instead of 18 hours long, and I would watch them over and over and over and over again. Like, they would replace the Marvel films for me. Orcs with normal voices. You like it that Wonderful. much? All right. Well, my that, all right. I will I will check it out. I, I am a fan of all of the Lord of the Rings, so uh, I think that'll just add to my enjoyment. Uh, my first thing, and I'm late to the game on this one, but I've been enjoying it. I uh, don't really... I don't really you know, I did the whole Knots Landing Dallas, uh, you know, uh, what dynasty? Like, let's look at the travails, the Machiavellian travails of rich fucking assholes. Yeah, uh, kind of did all that stuff when I was a kid, and uh, I'm just not that interested. But then I discovered billions, and I know I've talked about that, and I went, all right, this is really fucking good. Well, I've been holding out, and uh, I've been watching Succession, and I highly yeah. recommend it. I told, bunch, uh, not a, I told you. There's no. I told you. No, you did. You did tell me. Uh, there's not a single fucking character that is redeemable in any fucking <laughs> no. way. But the music is great, and the characters are very interesting. And uh, I, although I, I, I have to admit, I'm in the middle of the third season, and I'm going to be glad for the third season to be over. I mean, I've really enjoyed it. Okay. But I'm really looking forward to being done with it. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I, I, you know, it's like I really like it, but I wouldn't want to watch a fourth season. This is going to be the same shit. Yeah, it feels By like the time I get, they need to like get yeah. to something because it's been like okay. I'm either who's going to succeed him. Logan. 
Yeah, either get rid of fucking Logan Roy, and now yeah. let's see the kids fail in their spectacular way, or but it's just like it's the three seasons of exactly the yeah. same dynamic. Yeah, I mean we're you know so, but but I still think it's really good, and I've enjoyed it a lot. So that's my first thing. Yeah, uh, my next thing is a read. Go to the New York Times. The headline is "The Doctor Is in Too Deep." Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd on the Shrink Next Door. <laughs> I, they, they do a good job of explaining the whole approach to Will playing a Jew but not being a Jew. But the bigger concern that I have, and this was not addressed in the story, is where is Will Ferrell's mouth? He has no lips. What? He has no lips. He has no mouth. He's just a thin-lipped guy. Your upper lip is thin. No, not like Will Ferrell's Dude, lips. Dude, compared no. Will Compa- Ferrell has no mouth. Compared to my mouth, compared, compared to my big, juicy, sexy... Lips, you have nothing. That whole your whole Come upper on. lip. I'm, I'm not saying I mean, I'm, you're giving. Like, look, I'm I'm no LL Cool J, but Will Ferrell has no he has no front door to his mouth. I know he bare and he's got terrible fucking teeth. The like worst, a picket fence. the worst bottom. Yeah, a picket fence. It, you know what his his bottom teeth look like? They look what? like the World Trade Center on September twelfth, two thousand one. <laughs> all right, but all like right. but like worse. All right, so what was the article again? Because I got sucked into the Will Ferrell mouth yeah, the, thing. It's the New York Times. The doctor is in too deep. Where is Will Ferrell's mouth? Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd on the shrink next door. All right, mine, uh, my second thing is also in the New York Times to read. Um, I love, I love, I, I recommended his podcast, I think, last week or the week before. Um, John McWhorter has got a regular opinion column. He writes twice a week in the New York Times, the latest one. Um, and I just want to say, because you remember me the last week writing about how I was retiring woke and alt-right and I was replacing it you know, because they're just, at this point, the, the, the terminology is just, it doesn't serve anything. It's just weaponized and not any fun. Well, you know, I'm glad that a week before John McWhorter wrote it, I wrote it because he wrote a, an opinion article in New York Times called Woke Went the Way of PC and Liberal. And it's actually a really good, because you know, everybody wants to attack John McWhorter as some sort of like big conservative hack, and he's really not. Um, he's a linguist who just is more pragmatic. And, and it's a really interesting uh, sort of examination of how these terms that we use become weaponized on both sides. And uh, how you know they just yeah. kind of have a, a, a they have a buy a buy you know a buy in date and they're expired so good piece okay my third thing this week is a do it's a don't do um, stop saying my truth my truth is this well my truth is this because in most cases or many cases your truth is fucking fiction well your truth is just your opinion. Okay. My truth is just my opinion, you know, and... Uh, well, but then call it my opinion. Don't call it my truth. Let's oh, use because, the words for see, what they're meant the to be used is, for. Truth, truth, truth has more, it, it rings as more important than uh, my opinion. Right. That is marketing yeah, spin. That is marketing spin. You're I'll a copywriter. You I'm a copywriter. We know yeah, yeah. the game. Dana, Dana and I got our booster shots. And while I know that uh, I, I don't particularly feel safer, I feel that somehow I am better than other people now. That is my opinion. But if I say it's my truth, it suddenly feels more important. 
And if you said that to me, David, my truth is that I'm better than other people, I would say, go fuck yourself. Because that's, that's ridiculous. Because it's bullshit. Yes, yeah. yes, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I agree with it. All right, and my third thing is, uh, and this is something you may have to do a paywall. I haven't decided if I'm going to pay for it or not because BBC podcasts and they have a... To, to have access, but I got to listen to the first episode called Things Fell Apart with John Ronson. And the first episode is actually so goddamn good that I think I may, I may, because it's, it, it, one of the things is, is like he's basically taking our culture wars and trying to find out how they started. And this first one is all about the abortion, the pro-life, pro-choice kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I thought I knew a lot about this. I've thought, you know, I mean, I've, I've read a lot about this debate. I had no idea where it started. And it started with a hippie preacher <laughs> and his son who wanted to be a Hollywood director and a documentary series that accidentally... It really was not about abortion at all. It was about art and Christianity. And his son convinced him to do the last two of them about abortion so he could do some really cool, crazy, <laughs> like, horror effects. Oh my and God. their push to make their money is what ultimately... I mean, one of my favorite things is that they made these movies that they ended up making a whole second series all about abortion and nobody fucking wanted to watch it. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. no Evangelical Christians didn't give a shit about abortion. They, it was distasteful. They, it was a Catholic problem. They didn't want to deal with it. Well, what they did was they started pissing off the feminists you know uh -huh. the women's libbers in this yeah. in, in like the women's libbers jesus and so then you well that's what they were called they I were know. called women libbers and so they showed up to picket these movies and the evangelical christians hated the women libbers women's libbers so much <laughs> that they just went and started seeing the movies which is ultimately it's fascinating all i'm saying is i absolutely recommend it because he he really he really gave me something i didn't know about this issue and i thought i knew my truth was that I knew everything. Sure. <laughs> your truth is that you're not going for a walk. You're putting your steps in. I'm putting my steps in. And my truth is also your truth, because our truth is that uh, we are taking next week off because uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be eating turkey or whatever the hell I eat because my wife's vegetarian. So maybe I'll just go to Popeye's chicken and pretend it's a turkey. Th that's the same. yeah. That is that is an equal. Um, that's an equivalent. It's like a little, yeah. like it's a little turkey. Yeah. Or I go to KFC. I won't go to Chick Fil A. Well, no. Even though it's really close to our house. No. I, it's I really mean, close to our house, though, Dave. You could. I know it's close to your house, but you could try like a Boston I Market and actually face. get turkey. I can put some juice. No, I can put some juice face on and go in to uh, Chick Fil A. And maybe I get a discount. Why would you get a discount? In Jew face at Chick Fil A. I don't know. I just. Do you just want to be in Jew face? Yeah, I want. I want. I want. I want to go in. I want to go into a casino and and I want to talk like this. I, no, that's Italian. Forget What's a, about it. What I is a Jew face? It. Is that just like the Groucho Marx go goofy glasses with the big nose? No, and Jew face is, is that... Will Ferrell. Is Will Ferrell playing? But a how Jew would guy, you, you do know? Jew I mean, face? It's like, you just How walk into a Chick-fil-A and go, give me a sandwich. Yiddish, Yiddish sounds, Yiddish things. Oy. <laughs> That's what I do. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, good luck with that. And Don, Sounds more Jewish that, than you, and you are Jewish. <laughs> I used to be. Then the skin grew back. We've heard this story. I, 
Boink. In spite, in spite of your, your Chick-fil-A Jew face thing, I am thankful for you. So have a happy Thanksgiving. Likewise. <laughs> you too, and uh, I'll see you in, uh, after the holiday. Sounds good. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>